It's time once again for our broadcast, Good News and Better News, where we spend 22 minutes advancing the theory that life really does not suck. And now, here is our host, author, screenwriter, and podcastman, Jonathan Richard Kring. Good day. That's the best I could come up with. Somebody contacted me and said, you never say hello to us. That's because I don't know whether you're listening to this in the morning, so good morning would be good. I don't know whether, good afternoon, good evening, so I'm stuck with good day. You can understand why that's not quite as well phrased as some might be. But what might be well phrased is to give you a brief review so far in the Ten Commandments, we have learned there is a jealous God. He's out there, and he's afraid we're going to cheat on him with other gods. Although, he insists there really are no other gods. And he wants us to worship him, as long as we don't make, a, you know, like little statues. And, and we're to set aside... One day a week we call holy, and it's given in reverence to his persona because he's watching very closely, very closely to see if we honor our father and mother, which would certainly kind of lead us to believe that the dude in heaven is a family man and thinks it's all about family. And here, another thing, he, he doesn't want us to kill, though by killing, this is meant to mean murder. In other words, if we have to slaughter some people because they stood against us, then that, that's just the fortunes of war. I think we're caught up. You can certainly understand why, although my review is tongue-in-cheek, the Ten Commandments has lost some of its appeal because sensible people who do not want to be irreverent have quietly walked away from these Ten Commandments because they don't want to be irrelevant. But folks, the hits just keep coming. And today, Jealous Jehovah adds number six, which is thou shalt not commit adultery. Now, honestly, if we were sitting here in the middle of a seminar, we would have just lost half our audience. Because here's the facts. Human sexuality is at the very root of our being. In other words, you can be a priest praying to Mary, Joseph, and the saints and still be diddling little boys and girls because your sexuality has been addressed and dealt with insufficiently. Let's get it straight. You are a sexual being. I am a sexual being. President Trump is a sexual being. Nancy Pelosi is a sexual being. Billy Graham is a sexual being. Everyone alive 
is a sexual being. No matter how much you may want to hide your sexuality or pretend that sexuality is gross or insist you've turned it over to Daddy God, it just, it just, shall we just say it, it pops up. Or maybe it pops out. Very simply, your sexuality is the only part of you, other than your spirit, that has a physiology, a psychology, a spirituality, and an emotionalism. Go say that again. Your sexuality, just like your spirit, has a physiology, a psychology, a spirituality, and an emotionalism. In all four of these regions of your being and mine, if these are not satisfied within your sexuality, all sorts of difficulty can come your way from feelings of inferiority to the intrusions of perversion. Yes, undoubtedly the source of much of our inferiority lies in our mishandling of our sexuality. Those, so those in our society who are supposed to be leaders try to convince us that here it is, big is better, more is the best. And we're told that body image should not be primal in our minds, but let's face it. Let's face it. Nobody is interested in a big, fat, glazed donut when they can enjoy a slender eclair. There is physiology here. In other words, we're talking about your body. There is psychology. Sex is not very good without the brain being involved. There is spirituality. Yes, yes. A depth of passion that comes only with spirit, that comes through because you include your faith and belief into your sexuality and your process. And certainly there's an emotional aspect. Who do I love? Who loves me? How can I best express that love? How do I need it to be expressed to me? Well, I think we just jump on into it, pardon the expression. Thou shalt not commit adultery has never stopped one person from committing adultery. It never stood in the way of fornication, by the way, and it certainly doesn't eliminate perversion. What we need to do is learn how to deal with these itches. These itches that come into all of us. Whereas spirituality is a desire... Sexuality is an itch. Give me a break here. I'm trying to keep it simple. Those who contend that sexuality can be eliminated through prayer and fasting are just destined to raise up a bunch of wackos. Spirituality is a desire. Sexuality is an itch. Spirituality is a desire. Sexuality is an itch. And with that itch... Part of that itch is a heart rash, an emotional rash. So 
don't be deceived as to think that sexuality does not have this emotional rash, this emotional component. Even the one-night stand seems to stand around a little too long, evoking some feelings. We get hooked. We get linked. Even though we say it's all about the sex, when we actually get in the midst of sexual intercourse and those lips start kissing lips, there's a heart rash, an emotional component that kicks in, whether we like it or not or whether we're willing to admit it or not. So jumping from one bed to another, seeking to be loved, creates a heart rash, an itch of heartache that does not go away and eventually ends up with horrible self-esteem, not to mention the possibility of disease. After the heart rash, there's also another itch. Shall we call it the soul scratch? Yes, our souls literally require sexuality. It's undeniable. Otherwise, when we're talking about the creation of a universe, why was Adam adamant, Adam adamant about getting a partner with him in the garden other than God and the animals? Did he look around and he say, well, there's God and there's, there's the fruit trees and there's the monkeys. Who am I going to have sex with? See, there's a linkage that happens in our souls when sexual intercourse occurs. That's why when Adam and Eve were together, God called them Adam. He said that he saw them as one because it was so beautiful, it was so necessary. Even people who believe they are atheists are somewhat confounded at how the experience of sexuality can create such a depth of spirit. Sexuality can create spirit. Spirit requires sexuality. Sexuality can create spirit. Spirit requires sexuality. So, with these itches, first comes the heart rash. That's that emotional yearning to be linked. And then the soul scratch, a spirit desiring an encounter that includes all of our passions. And much of this is brought on, though, by the third itch, which, uh, shall we call it the brain tickle? Uh, the, the Sermon on the Mount talks about this. It refers to it as looking on a woman to lust after her. <laughs> Gee, that didn't happen much, does it? No, you, no, 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 no. The, the brain loves to be tickled. That's why masturbation can be effective, because as long as we can conjure something pleasant and fulfilling in our mind, we can become aroused and take the situation in hand and achieve orgasm. Scientists insist that men's brains are always being tickled by sexual images. And I will tell you, the secret of sexuality between men and women is in allowing, inviting a woman's brain to be tickled by her lust just as strongly as the man's brain is. Sometimes that 
involves learning how to work with a female heart rash, the emotional link, and the soul scratch, the passion. But if you, get, if you can get two people's brains tickled with lust at the same time, you have the makings of great sex. I know, I know we hear people, you know, and he's not in love, he's in lust. He's not, and he's not in lust, he's in love. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I would like to, you to explain to me when lust and love can be separated and there be success. They have to be linked. It doesn't do any good to tell people not to do something until they understand how it works. Of course, all of this, the heart rash, the soul scratch, and the brain tickle culminate in the body breakout. I do not know whether there's anything more beautiful or complex, yet, yet simple or divinely inspired than human sexual arousal. The erection from the male, the woman getting wet and moist, prepared, the tingling of the skin, the breathiness, the pheromones sending off odors that can't be described, creating a haze of activity around us that generates the pursuit of the human orgasm. It's all about the itches, the heart rash, emotion, the soul scratch, the spiritual passion, the brain tickle, the lust, and the body breakout, the complete allowing of us to be enjoying together in pleasure. And you can't tell people not to commit adultery. You can't. That's a, obviously, there's wisdom in realizing that expressing these itches to just one person is very valuable. Just telling people they can't commit adultery, it's similar to walking in a room, turning to a crowd of people and saying, and saying to them, for the next five minutes, I don't want anyone in this room to think about a chocolate sundae with whipped cream. When you tell people they can't commit adultery and you don't offer them understanding of their sexuality, you're just opening the door for suppression, oppression, repression, which then leads to people who are frustrated just grabbing the nearest person and trying to satisfy themselves. Thus, we end up with incest. Just grab that family member, pedophilia. Grab that little girl or that little boy. And even many forms of adultery. I feel so trapped, I'm going to go out and break out and scratch all my itches at once. It is the responsibility of those who understand that human beings are heart, soul, mind, and strength to realize that this is not limited to our spiritual being, but becomes the itches in our sexuality. So what is the best way to handle these things? Human sexuality is like anything else. The more quickly you acknowledge it, the more frequently you address it, and the more actively you're honest about it, the better off you'll be. 
thou shalt not commit adultery leads to us hiding out, putting fig leaves on ourselves to cover our genitals, pretending we didn't do anything wrong. And certainly, a God who created the universe and turned to all the animals and all the human beings and said, listen, guys, be fruitful and multiply. This is not a God who's trying to keep us from screwing. He's just trying to teach us how to channel, direct, and even control our itches. Can you deal with your heart rash? How about that soul scratch? Can you survive all the brain tickles? And will you be ready when it's time for the body to have its breakout? For the good news is, God doesn't have anything against sex since he puts so many nerve endings on the human genitals to give us greater and greater pleasure. And the better news is, if we don't ignore our sexuality, we can find out the right time, the right place, and the right person for exciting, glorious, nearly supernatural encounters. That's it for today. Stay tuned next week when we will gather once again and find ways to put the pin back in the grenade. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media and at goodnewsandbetternews.com.